Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Director Luke McManus's rousing and sublime documentary film North Circular is a musical ode that travels the length of Dublin's North Circular Road from Phoenix Park to Dublin Port, exploring the history, music, and streetscapes of a road that links some of the country's most beloved and infamous places. Shot in black and white, the film evokes many narratives from the history of the city and nation, from colonialism to mental health issues to the struggle for women's liberation while also engaging with urgent issues of today. The film is called North Circular, and we're joined today by the director, Luke McManus. Luke, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, Gosh, it's a beautiful film to look at. Absolutely stunningly done in black and white. And I think for me, watching it gives it this sense of timelessness, even though we're, we're about the modern day. North Circular, it just gives it such resonance in the film. I, I believe you're from this part of uh, Ireland. What inspired you? What was it? Was there an event or something in your life that you said, I want to do something about this consequential roadway? Well, I live right off. And I mean, it's 20 doors up from where I'm talking to you now is where the North Circular runs. And it had been a source of fascination for me because of it links together all these really resonant institutions in Irish society. So it's kind of like Broadway or the mall in Washington, DC, except it's really working class and run down and tough. So it was a fascinating place and it was a long held dream to do a film about it. Um, and then when the COVID-19 pandemic happened uh, in Ireland, we were all restricted very much to our neighborhoods. So I was walking around the streets within my allowed radius, which at one stage was only two kilometers. And I thought, Jesus, if I don't do this film now, I'm never going to do it. Um, so, <laughs> so the pandemic was a terrible crisis, but it was also an opportunity for me to finally do what I dreamed of doing. You know? That's the beautiful thing about filmmakers, especially documentary filmmakers, is you're always looking for a story. You're always looking for something to explore. And I think that you did such a wonderful job of doing that with this film. The music in this film is obviously very important. It, it feels like this is the bed upon which this story lies. Why was music so important to you in, t- in telling this story? Well, the film's a musical, um, but rather than being a music documentary, it's a documentary musical. And the idea was to sort of tap into that tradition of musical cinema where the music tells the story. So it wasn't a film about the music. It was the music was about the film, if you know what (laughs) I mean. (laughs) And Irish folk music and trad music uh, has a very powerful narrative tradition. You know, it's not a particularly rhythmic type of music. It's not even that lyrical in terms of its romantic qualities. It's it's a story with an accompaniment. And let's face it, usually a story about suffering and terrible things happening to people, you know, so um, so I had this conceit of maybe we could pull together some of the songs that are popular in this neighborhood and use them to tell the story. And and I was very lucky to sort of fall in with a crowd of amazing musicians who were able to deliver that in spades and also an incredible editor and John Murphy, who was able to make my crazy idea work because you can have these nutty ideas, but 
you actually need talent around you to deliver them. And, and John Murphy is an extraordinary editor. He just made the film. It could have been a mess. And I'd like to think it's not. And a lot <laughs> of it's down to him. So I got to give him, got to give him the props, you know? Well, it's not a mess. And you're right. To me, listening to the songs being sung, you're right. There, many of them are what ancient songs would be about, you know, things that are unexplainable, kind of the, the world that they didn't understand. And in the way that they're sung, the cadence, I'll call it the cadence of the songs, are barely removed from just straight storytelling. They're just barely rhythmic enough to be a song. Is If I'm being unfair, please tell me. But they still have, there's there's enough in, in the music in it to really make it even more powerful because it just, to me, music cuts through all of our our barriers, our, the things that we, they, it knocks down a lot of our inhibitions about thing 100% no I couldn't agree with you more and and the singers in this film I was very pleased to use the word sublime at the start of your intro because um uh, Brett Morgan who's a very famous uh, documentarian and does a lot of things about music said that documentary should be in both intimate and sublime and which is a hard trick to pull off <laughs> when you think about it but that was something that really struck me about these unaccompanied traditional singers of various ages that the intensity that their lone voice brings, it's a very intimate feeling because you're there just hanging on someone's every word and they've nowhere to hide. They've no instrumentation, no microphones, no production. But at the same time, they transport you and, try, and you transcend. And the act of listening in a group to them, which is where I first experienced them in the back room of the cobblestone and where you can experience them now in the cinema is quite sublime. It's almost like uh, a religious type experience in a way. And actually that thread of religion and what you do in a post-religious society and how you find that sublime um, is something that's kind of subconscious through the film as well. And one of the things that also connects it so much to the, the place it comes from, in addition to the subject matter, is that the instrumentation, the musical threshold that you would need to meet to be able to perform this is relatively low in terms of just there's at one point one of the singers has got a what looks like a banjo to me and he's basically strumming three strings but it's the power of what's being said and it's about the struggle of everyday people to get through life and that's what american what we call americana music folk music folk music is for folks for people mm. who are trying to, again trying to figure things out and expressing that to the world and to each other and to their community that this oh. is yeah so i'm sorry yeah no you're right it's a democracy it's not yes. an elite it's not an elite pursuit it's not opera or you know choral singing it's you can be as raspy voiced and as long as you've learned the bloody words and you're sober enough to string them together you can have a go you know i mean that's the tradition of irish folk singing at and it happens it's not a tradition I grew up in, admittedly, but I have friends who came from that world and, you know, when there's a few drinks had, the songs get sung. And it's a wonderfully participative, open type of culture. And I think that is essentially one of the things that the film is about, is about, it's not about how brilliant or virtuoso you are. It's about how sincerely held and intense your feeling for something is. You know? Absolutely. The film is called <clears throat> North Circular. And it is coming out through Lightbox here in the United States. And I want to say it's the 28th. It's coming out here in the United States on the 28th. Be looking for this. And uh, check the filmschoolradio.com website. You'll find out all you need to know about how you can see the film. 
Let's talk about North Circular Road and why it's so important in Dublin. So I guess Dublin is a city of two sides, a north side and a south side, and the river divides the two. And traditionally, the south side was the more middle class, upper class place where Trinity College is and where the parliament is and all the kind of uh, fancy stuff. And the north side was always a tougher, more working class area. And the north circular kind of defines almost the inner city of the north side. So as you go along it, you're running through all these neighborhoods. There's eight neighborhoods in the film and each each neighborhood is a sort of chapter. We don't explicitly articulate those chapters. You're just on a journey. And something that happened that long after the film was finished, which was really pleasing. The film's 86 minutes long. And I idly put into Google Maps how long it takes to get from the first location to the last location. And it's 85 minutes. <laughs> so you can walk. It's like a real time walk through Dublin, uh, this movie. It brings you along that, that road. And it takes you from the Phoenix Park in the West, which is almost like an idyllic rural place of forests and lakes and stags running around a deer. And then it brings you all the way through the city and eventually to Dublin Port, which kind of faces across to Liverpool and Wales and the north of England. Then is smokestacks and cranes and ships and lorries and railways and all the kind of industrial stuff. So it almost brings you from one type of Ireland into another type of Ireland as you go. Um, so, yeah, it's a place I've lived a long time. It's a it's a place of change and a place of well, there's a woman in the film who says uh, four words. Um, Chaos, but good fun. Which I say it again. Chaos, what? Chaos, but good fun. <laughs> which kind of sums up the neighborhoods uh, as well as the film. That's awesome. Yes, it is. And the people that we get to meet along the way are for sure colorful. They all have, there's some, there's some stories here to be told. And the history. And that's another thing that's very important to this film is the history of Ireland, the history of people on the receiving end, essentially the poor people of North Circular World Road. Yeah, I didn't really want to get too deep into history, but what I liked was the idea of finding characters today who resonated into the past and who had sort of personal connections to these narratives of the past. You know, so to talk about British the British Empire and imperialism and the military history of the area, I found an old soldier who plays the Scottish bagpipes and the bagpipes are a British instrument, not an Irish instrument. Or I found a, one of the last inmates of the Grange Gorman Mental Hospital, who was a wonderful tin whistle player called Sean Atuma, who had an extraordinary life. And so I was very fortunate to sort of stumble across these people who'd connected in to these institutions and to these moments. And, and they were hugely generous and hugely open with me. And it was a real privilege and an honor to be given their trust so much. And I hopefully I've repaid it. You know, it certainly is a documentary maker. You're always trying to walk a line. You're trying to get up to the edge, but not cross it. So tricky, but, um, but there's some dark old chapters in there, but it does end on a, a high note. And I think that's very important. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I, the one thing uh, about the way the film looks, I mentioned it's in black and white. And when we see the singing part of the people singing songs in pubs and other places, is the reverence that the people who are listening to it. I can't imagine that happening in an American bar. I can't even imagine that you would not have the clattering of whatever was going on and the chatter going on. In this, in we, the scenes we see in your film, is there's a reverence for the music and there's a reverence for the people singing the music as well. Yeah. I think there's a specific type of like, the, Hey, 
Irish Ireland is full of pubs playing music and there's people screaming and shouting and dropping pints and don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's not all like church like in this country when no. music is playing, that's for sure. Like but the specific bar in the film The Cobblestone has a specific night once a month where this tradition of unaccompanied singing is preserved and I went down to check that out maybe 10 months into making this film when I was starting to lose hope of it ever being any good. And uh, I told my wife I was going out in a research recce, uh, scout. I didn't tell her I was going to go and drink four pints on my own in a pub and feel sorry for myself. But I sat there having my beers and actually two people I vaguely knew came in. And the experience of sitting in silence, listening to these amazing singers, and then having a little chat between each song and then reverting back. It was so meditative. It was so soothing. It was so uh, mindful, for want of a better word. I thought, well, that's really special. And and the way that the words were really the only thing you could perceive, like you'd almost close your eyes and not even be looking, you'd just be listening. And I thought there's such power in that. So capturing that then became the challenge. How do you capture that without breaking the energy? And in the way, what we did was we just we went back to that room, we invited all those people back and we said, look, guys, we're going to do two takes, but, you know, this is, we want you to do it as normal. And, and they were all up for it, which was great. You know? So glad you did, because it is just so powerful. It's so powerful because, first of all, for me, you have to lean forward to hear this music the way it's supposed to be heard. And leaning forward, you get an appreciation for the story that's being told and the way it's being told. And then these are very talented musicians who we hear doing this. So, and it's, and it's easy on the eyes too. It's, I just love the way you framed it. Um, I, I mean, your cinematographer, which would be some guy named Luke McManus. Yeah. And others. <laughs> well, not quite. No, to be fair. Yeah. Okay. Was, I think there was seven people shot footage. Okay. In Evan Berry, Jamie Goldrick, uh, Patrick Jordan, Richard Kendrick, to name a few. Is that we're going to get by on that. What's yeah, that? They kept, uh, they kept getting better paid jobs, basically. And uh, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, God, i got to find someone else. You know? So and then I ended up shooting a bit of it myself. But actually, they were all great collaborators. And yes. the beautiful thing about black and white Academy ratio is it kind of forced them all to think about what they were doing in a new way. Because a lot of DOPs and cinematographers, they had to have their style and they kind of deliver it. And then you're going, well, you can't use color and you can't use widescreen. You have to shoot this other way. And I I thought a lot about how best to do it. And they all loved it. They loved the challenge and the different space to engage with and the way you look for different light and different texture. And you know, it's funny, like our, our world is so suffused with color now. If you look at Instagram, it's just like this technicolor blancmange. It just, you know, it's just constant sunsets and yeah. like, you get jaded, you know? So then when you take the color away, it's like there's a sort of intensity to the contrast. And, and as you pointed out, a timeless connection to the past and a dignity maybe as well. Yes, a dignity. Exactly. I couldn't, that's what comes across. It is, it's the music that gives dignity to these people and their story. That's how I look at folk music or whatever we call it now. It's, it's, it gives, they have an opportunity to be whole person in front of you to hear their story in a way that you would you might hear of their story from somewhere else and be able to dismiss it mm -hmm. you hear them and uh, there was a pretty famous americana music producer here in the united states homer smith who put together a compendium of 
music. He went around the country and recorded all these different sounds and such. And it feels like you could take almost any frame from this film, your film, on North Circular, and you could put that on the cover of that of that uh, CD because that's the way those people. Yeah, and I, I'm going on and on, but I, I can't. I really appreciated it. I really did, and I thought it just worked so beautifully in this film. So, long way of saying congratulations. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. Yeah. Yes, uh, thank you. Yes, absolutely. I I want to just let people know that North Circular will have its um, premiere at the Firehouse in Cinema in New York City. Congratulations, John Alpert's outfit. Wonderful stuff, and that's coming up on July 28th with an opening musical performance well there you go look at that yeah, so what, what we've done is we've done a kind of musical q a discussion panel and it's a format i've done in oslo and copenhagen and dublin so i'll be there and i'll be speaking with uh, a moderator but annie hughes who is the um woman you see at the very start of the film is also in the trailer yes uh, so we have a conversation and then pepper through the conversation just like through the film you get to hear Annie sing and experience that intimate sublime quality that she brings in the cinema so it's going to be pretty special help me out there's a couple of songs and the one that I well I like them all so but I feel like picking my my favorite child here but um old bangham bangham down old bangham old bangham down yeah old bangham yeah I think that's an American song you know oh Boston. I think that might be an American song, yeah, because those guys are kind of old-time enthusiasts, and I think Old Bangham might be one from the United States, if I'm not mistaken. The two lads, Alfie, I was walking through Stony Batter and I heard music coming out of the window of a little cottage, and I knocked on the door, and I found those two boys inside, and I was like, do you want to be in a film? There's 50 quid each for you, and they were like, sure, come back tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, that kept happening when I was making this film. It was ridiculous, like, you know, how lucky I was. Well, good for you supporting the local arts while you're making a movie. That is some. And the one last thing, because I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it right. Grange Gorman. How do you say Grange that? Grange Gorman. Yeah, Grange Gorman. Grange Gorman. That's where I'm sitting right now. Luke McManus, thank you so much for North Circular. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. And again, people be looking for this uh, North Circular however and wherever you like to watch movies but if you're in new york and hearing our conversation dc tv john alpert the firehouse we'll be there 28 29th and 30th of july that's friday saturday sunday so you have a choice of screenings sold out performances i hope all all three of them okay well thank you luke thank you so much thank you i really appreciate it You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music